following podcast explores controlling psychosocial hazards in the workplace. Both presenters are Inspector Scientific Officers in the Human Factors and Ergonomics team of WorkSafe General Industries. James Mitchell will be interviewed by Annalise Proctor as they discuss the responsibilities of PCBUs to prevent and manage incidents of psychosocial hazards in the workplace. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Annalise Proctor and today I will be having a chat with one of my colleagues, James Mitchell. So James and I will be talking about how employees can control psychosocial hazards in their workplace. So thanks, James. And to start things off, I might ask you to talk to us about a broad definition. Could you talk to us a little bit about what a psychosocial hazard is? Yeah, thanks, Annalise. Uh, Great to be here. A psychosocial hazard is defined as aspects of work and work situations that could lead to psychological or physical harm. Uh, Hazards that a workplace need to be aware of are things like high or low work demands, low levels of control that workers have, low levels of autonomy or poorly managed change. There's some specific hazards as well, like unmanaged fatigue, work-related gendered violence, uh, work conflict in other areas as well, um, work-related bullying. Although the list of hazards does seem long, uh, there's also some protective factors. And these are things like supportive leadership and high levels of control in the workplace, good reward and recognition systems, organisational justice, and that's just some of the important protective factors. That's a great overview, actually. (laughs) Thanks for that. Um, So with the new legislation coming into place this year, there's, I guess, been a lot of attention around promoting a psychologically safe workplace. Why do you think we really need a psychologically healthy workplace? Psychological injuries um, have significant financial and human costs. So it's important to prevent psychological injuries if we can. Uh, So that's one aspect of the advantages of the psychological healthy workplace. Um, The other is as important for your returning of a worker to work at the workplace, um, that the environment is a psychological safe one for them to, to come step foot back into. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So we know that as a person conducting business or an undertaking or a PCBU as we know it, um, employers are responsible to manage psychosocial hazards um, and I guess all the risk factors uh, in the workplace um, with the general aim of eliminating or minimising that risk. But how can an employer or manager out there in the workplace, how can we identify those? So there's a number of ways to identify and reduce the risk of psychosocial hazards. Uh, The simplest way is to ensure appropriate assessment and management of these hazards is to employ these four steps, which is identify the psychosocial hazard and risk factors. Uh, Two, you want to assess the risk. Three, control the risk by making changes necessary to eliminate the hazard or risk factors. Um, if it's practicable, to minimise the risk of harm. Um, Then four, monitor the review of the effectiveness after things have been put in place um, of the control to adapt and improve the controls where necessary. I guess the biggest thing in this new legislation is that consultation is a massive and important process. Um, I guess... Why is it so important identifying and controlling these psychosocial risks? There are numerous ways uh, psychosocial hazards can be identified, but often the most practical methods is by reviewing organisational structure and consulting the workforce. Um, This could be as simple as a team meeting 
Um, you can talk about psychosocial hazards, whether or not people are experiencing them. So that can be done in, in a team situation. Um, it can also be done just one-on-one. Like you can have a conversation with a worker in the workforce um, and that's not putting pressure on them. That the risk factor, or the, the risk assessment process or identifying your psychosocial hazards is really important to maintaining a psychological healthy workplace. So I guess the general gist is then that we want employees to feel um, involved in the process in terms of identifying those risks and the associated hazards that are affecting their day-to-day work. So now we've identified the psychosocial hazards and risk in a workforce. Um, from my experience, it's then important that we complete a risk assessment for each hazard. I guess in my experience, um, my biggest tool has been um work health and safety practices have been digitised. Um, so a lot of workplaces today seem to have access to organisational health data um, that has then been really great in helping assess the risk. Um, so the data could be used to look into absenteeism, uh, turnover, psychological injuries, um, the uptake of it, the EAP, um, as well as annual leave uptake, etc. Um, so I guess although that's a great tool that I've seen, um, it is important that um, all PCBU show how each psychological hazard or risk has been considered and recorded um, and that we are completing those risk assessments regularly. Yep. So, Annalise, um, we've identified the hazard or the risk. Um, we've completed our risk assessment. What next? So I guess it's implementing controls. Um, but in my experience, there isn't one a one-size-fits-all solution. Um, I guess, do you have any real-world examples of controls and how they've affected change? Yeah, I do. So picture this. Uh, a medium-sized automotive shop that didn't prioritise workplace policies or procedures was lacking in role clarity. Um, this led to an overlap in roles and a frustrated workforce. Okay, so that is a big fish to fry. Um, I guess, what were the first steps that PCBU took to implement control? Um, They implemented clear policies around workplace and behaviours, like code of conduct, um, documents that outlined acceptable and unacceptable behaviours. They created a grievance procedure as well as conflict uh, conflict resolution procedure. This in turn led to all policies and procedures being stored in an acceptable and accessible fashion. In this case, it was a lunchroom and also at a computer um, at the reception. So with all those controls in place, how did they go about ensuring success? Uh, Did they consult with workers individually? Did they, uh, I guess, implement any meetings um, or working groups? Yeah, so addressing them in um, toolbox meetings, um, one-on-one as well. Um, So in step four, monitoring, um, it's responsibility of the PCBU to ensure all new procedures and policies are monitored, um, looked at reassessed on their effectiveness as well. Thank you very much, James, for providing more insights into the simple ways PCBUs can control psychosocial hazards in their workplace, and I guess the importance of that consultation um, in that process. Um, So I think some of the key points that I've taken away from today's podcast is the requirement um, for managers and workplaces to provide a strong management commitment, um, leadership to identify um, psychosocial risks. Um, that you mentioned, and I guess to ensure wherever needed and wherever possible that managers and employees consult with their their staff uh, in order to manage those risks um, and use them as part of the solution. So, sorry, did you have any closing comments, James? Thanks, Alice. Uh, There are some resources as well I'd like to point out um, on the WorkSafe website that uh, listeners may be interested in. 
Uh, one is the codes of practice for managing psychosocial hazards in the workplace, as well as the codes of practice for workplace behaviours. Uh, there's also information on the risk management process that I've been moni- uh, mentioning, um, and there's some specific resources around some risk areas as well that you can find at the Demir's website. All right, excellent. I guess so once again, thanks very much for coming in today and talking to our listeners, James, um, and everybody else. Thank you for listening. Thank you.